Welcome to the Dayspring Audio Library, the teaching ministry of Pastor Daniel Rehoff. Thanks for joining us. We hope this message will have a powerful impact on your life. So sit back and enjoy today's time in the Word. So we're going to spend some time uh, real quick. I'm going to move fast. Put your seatbelts on, right? Get your pen ready. Uh, in the book of Proverbs. So if you took your Bible and you opened it right down the middle, you would come to the book of Proverbs. Uh, Psalms or Proverbs. So Proverbs right after Psalms. And uh, we're going to spend a little bit of time there. Uh, again, this is not everything the Bible says about responsibility of parents, but it's some things, okay? It's a starting point. That's what this is. So Proverbs chapter 10 verse 1, and I want you to understand this. I want you to look at this. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 1. We're going to look at a few verses in Proverbs chapter 10, but but I want you to feel the weight of this, okay? It's the beginning of this thing, the beginning written by the wisest man that ever lived. This was written about 3,500 years ago. It's so old, like you, you would think this would be in a museum. That's how old this is, right? But the Bible says that this guy was the wisest guy that ever lived, and, and it, it's, it's a proverb that he wrote. So here's what he says. He says, a wise son makes a what? Say this out loud, church. Glad father. But a foolish son is the heaviness of his... Okay, very important that you get this before we jump into this even more. Uh, the character of the children affects really the joy and the happiness of the parents. Do you see that? It's, it's closely tied together. Uh, that, that how the child is, the character that the child develops, is really going to reflect in the happiness and joy of the parents. And, and we have a desire to, to raise our children so that they don't bring us to shame, right? That's, that's kind of part of the goal. Um, they, don't, they ultimately don't bring their Heavenly Father to shame, right? There is a purpose, there is a reason why we raise our children. Um, we want our children to be beneficial to God. We want our children to be useful to God. How about this? We want our children to bear much fruit. You know, Jesus told the disciples one of the last things He said was bear, and He used the word much, bear much fruit, okay? I want you to do a lot for me, not some, not a little bit, not when you get around to it, I want you to bear much fruit. That's the goal of child raising as a Christian. Listen, the goal of child raising as a Christian is, is not just so that your kids get a nice job and get a nice house with a white picket fence and two cars and, 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 and you know, the, the swimming pool in the back. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. But living the American dream is not the goal of the Christian parent. Uh, just getting a nice job to, to pay off school debt or to pay off the car debt. Those are nice. That's important. But that's not the goal, Okay. The goal is so that our children are honoring and pleasing to our Heavenly Father, so that they, they, are, they are productive, they bear much fruit, no matter what they do. Now, let's skip down, that's verse 1, let's go down to verse 4, and look what, the, look what it says there in verse 4 of chapter 10. He becomes poor that deals with a slack hand, but the hand of the diligent makes rich, look at verse 5, he that gathers in the summer is a wise son, uh-oh, but he that sleeps and harvests is a son that causes shame. Again, we are seeing that the integrity, the character of the child 
is then reflected upon the parent, and the parent is the one that feels the shame or the embarrassment or, or the, the, the frustration. And the, and the book of Proverbs is full of these, these directives that, that really work on, on young people, and, and it, it, it's, 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 a lot of it is addressed to the issues that parents face all the time. But parents, remember this. We, we have this book. Now, parents, a little quiz, help me. This book is called the Bible. This is the only book that God wrote. Amen. Okay. God's not on a YouTube channel. He's not on Facebook, all right? He's not on, you know, you didn't write some other book. When it comes to raising your children, when it comes to living the Christian life, this is the only book that you need, okay? Uh, there's nothing wrong with YouTube. There's nothing wrong with Facebook. Uh, there's nothing wrong with, you know, going to a bookstore and buying a Christian book. There's nothing wrong with that. Be extremely careful where you get your theology and when you learn about raising children, okay? Don't, don't get it from some guy on YouTube, you know. Well, you know, because why? Because anybody can be on YouTube. Goodness sakes, I'm on YouTube, right? You don't have to be anybody to be on YouTube, right? Don't take anybody. Well, you know, he's on YouTube. Well, who cares if he's on YouTube, you know? What's, what, has he gone to school for this? Has he gone to Bible college? Has he gone to seminary? No. Does he have a church? No. Who is he? He's just some guy with some brainy idea. Well, don't follow it, okay? Just use your common sense, okay? Be very, does he have kids? No. Well, then, you know, stop right there. But, but I would focus on the Bible, and when it comes to child raising, I would, would really focus even here on the book of Proverbs. Um, the, the, I think the key here that we're going to learn today is the word consistency. Consistency is just so important. Um, you... You can follow these principles in the book of Proverbs, and we'll talk about a couple today. The key here, though, is to be consistent. Now, I want you to understand this, too. You can follow these principles in the Bible, and your children can still not turn out. They could still turn out to be rebellious. They could. Why? Because our kids make a choice. They have a free will. They could choose to do whatever they want. But if you consistently, if you consistently follow the general principles in the Bible, basically you're, you're kind of hedging your bets, so to speak, that your children will come out right, okay? It's not guaranteed, it's not, you know, these are principles that are laid out. Your children have, still have a free will, they have to decide what's right, they have to decide what's wrong. Let's face it, parents, we choose what's right and what's wrong, some of you, when you were younger, did you make some foolish choices? Of course we did, right? We all did, right? We made some good choices? Of course we did, right? We all did. Your kids still have to make those choices. And, and you, could, you could be the best parent in the world, and you could follow this Bible, you know, front cover to cover. Your children still need to make a choice. The key, though, is parents, you're not a failure. You're doing what's right. Uh, I had a, a, a guy that I went to high school with, a Christian school, and his parents were, were great. They're probably the best parents you could ever imagine. And they, they followed this book to the letter of the law. Uh, but my buddy, when he graduated and went off and, and did his thing and hooked up with the wrong people, he eventually in his life started making some really, really bad choices. The parents were not a failure. The parents did it perfectly. I, I just, I, I cannot critique them in any way of anything they've done wrong. The child still has to make a choice of who they're going to hang out with and, and who they're going to marry and, and who they're going to uh, uh, be with and what kind of church they're going to go to. So, so just think about that. But I think the key word here is consistency to help use the Bible to mold them, to guide them, and, and just remember that children still have to make their choice, okay? 
But let's take a look here. Let's move quickly. Let's take a couple look at some principles here. Uh, number one, principle number one that's in the Bible that I, I think is important is that parents, it's our job to train our children. To train our children. You can fill it out in your blank. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6, look at the very first word there. It says this, train up your child in the way he should go. And when he's old, he will not depart from it. The word train there is an interesting word. It's actually translated in the Hebrew to the word uh, dedicate. It comes from an ancient word meaning to make narrow. So train them to kind of, you know, kind of force to make narrow. Interesting, the word train is also tied to the word, to the word strangle. Yeah, amen. Those of you with teenagers, you know exactly to make narrow. <laughs> but that's the truth. It's there. But, but training means to direct or to restrict, okay? To direct someone, to train a child means to direct or restrict. To direct a child means to show them what's right. I'm going to direct you this way because that way is the right way, okay? So it means to direct, but it also means restriction. It means this, that's not the right way, you're not going that way, okay? So it's direction, look this way, that's the way you're supposed to go, you're not going that way, okay? That's what the word train means, to direct and to have restriction. Uh, and, and parents, listen, all of us have to direct and re restrict our children a little bit different ways. I may have to restrict my kids from different things. You don't have to restrict your kids. Why? Because every child's different, okay? Uh, uh, what you don't want is you need to... <laughs> Ultimately, you need to restrict your child. Parents, don't let your kids run free. Don't let them run wild. I had, I had read a book one time that said, you know, just let your kids alone. Let them figure it out. That is the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Let your kids figure it out. This book says that foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. It does not say that wisdom and common sense is bound in the heart of a child. It says foolishness. Our kids are, you know what, our kids are prone to the dark side. Does that make sense? That's just the way they are. That's the way they're geared. And that's the natural tendency. So don't let your child run wild and just say, well, they'll figure it out. If you do that, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know, I, good luck. I don't, don't, don't bring them to this church because I don't want to say how but You know what I mean? Just don't, no. Your job is to direct and restrict them. Training is an ongoing process. It requires consistency. It requires solid knowledge of biblical values or verses and principles. Parents, I, I can't encourage this enough. Parents, listen. Would you, would you get to know this book, please? You, you, you get to know what this book says, okay? You spend time reading this book and knowing what it says so that when your child has a question or wants to know something, well, I'll have to go ask pastor. Well, there's nothing wrong with asking pastor, but you're the parent, Okay? Fall in love with this book. Understand what it says. Start with the book of Proverbs. If you don't know to read this book we're in, uh, I'd go to the book of John. Know some of the fundamentals of the Bible so that you can, you can help them understand what the book says. And, and the reality is this, is that most training of your child does not take place on Sunday. Most of the training that you're going to have for your kid takes place during the week. Uh, when you're under pressure, when things go wrong, when the roof leaks, when the car breaks, when you're sick, that's when there's real training taking place. Tra training doesn't really happen right here, right now. Why? Because you're all in your best behavior, right? You're sitting up straight. You're paying attention, right? Right now, we're all good. Training doesn't take place right now. Training takes place when you go home and you stub your toe. That's when real training takes place, okay? Training takes place when, when, when you hit your, you know, your hammer, you know, the hammer on your thumb. That's when training takes place. But be consistent, 
Proper training always eventually takes hold. And, and the Bible says that, the verse, that, you know, when he's old, it's like putting an anchor in the ground, okay? If you instill biblical principles, it's like throwing an anchor, you know, like a boat would do. You know, someday that child may drift, right? They may drift. But, but the Bible says someday, someday that anchor is going to catch. The chain's going to hold them from maybe going farther than they would have gone, Okay? It may take a while. You, you pray and you hope. You pray and you hope that the anchor catches when they're young, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. They get it. Not when they're 60, 70, 80, okay? But the Bible says, listen, it's like an anchor you're putting down there, and, and that'll never leave them. What's the simple proof of that? Here's a simple proof of that. Every song you teach your child when they're in kindergarten, they'll remember the rest of their life. How many of you here know the song, Jesus Loves Me, This I Know? When did you learn it? When you were 50? No. You learned it when you were in kindergarten or Sunday school, right? And you, you can't get that dumb song out of your head. You know, it's a good song, but, you know, it's like, it just keeps going. I tell you what, it's better than. It's better than uh, uh, Baby Shark. I mean, goodness sake, that's a song you can't get out of your head no matter what. But they'll never forget that. So that's the thing. The things that you teach them now, they'll never, never forget it. Number two, teach your children. Teaching is different than training. Proverbs chapter 4, verses 1 and 2 Hear ye children, the instruction of a father, and look at, the, look at the end of verse 2, it says, for I give you good doctrine. Training is different than teaching. Training is education. Parents, the education of your child is your responsibility. You use a school to help, but the education of your child is your responsibility. It is not the government's responsibility to educate your child. Okay? You can use the government's tools. You can use their program. You can use their schools. People ask me all the time, Pastor, are you against public schools? I am not. I am thankful for public schools. Why? Because there's no way the churches in America could handle all the kids in the, in, in the United States of America. There's just no way. We have to have public schools. I think it's a good thing. The schools around here are, are I think, actually really good public schools. But ultimately, the responsibility before God is, is you having the understanding for your child's education. Uh, your job is to train your child. Your job is to teach your children. Uh, listen, parents, don't put your kids in a Christian school because you're being a failure and you're hoping the school fixes the problem. That is the wrong use of a Christian school, all right? I'm lazy. I don't do anything. You know, I don't give a rip. I can't, you know, can't even hold down my own job. I can't do anything. Well, I'll put them in a Christian school and they'll fix it. Don't do that. No, it will never work. It won't. It's your responsibility. Listen, we have a wonderful Christian school here. I love our Christian school. Our job as a Christian school is to help you, okay? That, we're, we're, we're a tool that you can use, and that's it. And, and I'll tell you this. People ask me about Christian schools all the time. There, there's a lot of bad Christian schools, and there's a lot of good Christian schools, okay? Use common sense. Um, don't, don't, there, there's really no in-between. It's like they're either awful or they're good, um, but I can say it about anything, though. There's good public schools, there's bad public schools. You know, people ask me about homeschooling all the time. I'm not against homeschooling. We homeschooled our kids for years. But I'll tell you this, there's, it's the same thing. There's a lot of families that do it terrible. They just, they, they do it awful. You shouldn't be doing it. 
and there's a lot of families that do a really good job, okay? It's the same thing, all right? Use common sense, uh, how God leads you. We have a conviction here in this church that we think the church needs to be an asset to the family. We believe the Christian school needs to help disciple. We're all about discipling the next generation. I think it's just a wonderful thing because we want you to be involved in your kids' education. We want you to work in our school to help out, to volunteer. Uh, uh, and so for us, it's, it's just it's the best of both worlds. But, but ultimately this, parents, ultimately this, you need to be plugged into your local church. Um, you send your kid to a Christian school and you're not, you're not plugged into that local church, there's a good chance your kids won't turn out. I not say it about anything. Like homeschooling. You may homeschool your children, but if you're not plugged into a local church and you're not just totally in sync with that local church, there's a really good chance your kids won't turn out either. Don't, don't shop the church. Don't be a consumer, Okay? The ones I see that make it, the ones I see that make it are the ones that educate their children and are, and are, and are just in line, in groove with their local church and they're participating and, and the church is the church and it's doing their job. That's the one I see that the kids make it from public school, Christian school, homeschool, wherever it is. Those are the ones that make it. The other ones, it's like they're 18 and they're gone. Don't, don't do that. Uh, just don't be a consumer when you parent and when you're, you're, you're being part of a church, okay? Bottom line, parents, it is your responsibility. Uh, do something. Uh, disciple those children. And, and parents need to instruct their children. Look at that rest of that verse. It's really in the matters of doctrine too. Parents, there is no way, Jose, no way, Jose, that a half hour in Sunday school is going to train your children in doctrine. It just, it ain't, it's, it's good. It's helpful. But, you, you know, you got them the rest of the week, Okay? Don't expect your kids to know everything about God and everything they're supposed to do and how they're supposed to be raised by a half-hour Sunday school class with a flannel graph. It just ain't going to happen, especially if the world's indoctrinating them for 40 hours a week. You need to make sure that, that you think about it. One hour at church is not going to cut it. Uh, I think it just, it's important. I, I like our Christian school, the curriculum that we use. Number one, it, it's, it's individualized. So it's custom to each child. It's literally a prescribed curriculum for each child. But here's the second thing I like about our curriculum. It is the most Bible-based curriculum that is available, period. So whether they're doing math or science or social studies, it doesn't matter. The Bible is interwoven in all of those subjects. It's not like they have this and then a Bible class. It's like the Bible is through and through, up and down, left and right. It's wonderful and because they're getting that all the time. Number three, lead your children. So you're going to train them, you're going to teach them. And number three, parents, you lead your children. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 7, the just man walks in his integrity. His children are blessed after him. So how you walk is how you're going to lead your children. Children have to see from an example. A man of integrity has an exterior walk that reflects his inner character. How I live with my family is a reflection that they're going to see. Parents, listen. You can preach at your kids all day long, but they're going to watch how you walk. It, it, it'd be like this. It'd be like I could get up here on Sunday morning and I could, I don't know, whatever. I could, I could preach against drinking all day long. You know, don't be a drunk, don't be a drunk, don't be a drunk. I go home tomorrow and I become a drunk. What's going to affect them the most? What I said or what I did? What you do, your character, your integrity, whether you think so or not, they're watching. They're absolutely watching. One of my professors in seminary told me a story about when he finally got that. He finally understood his character and integrity was being watched. He was, he was leaning, uh, careful not to lean against this here, he was leaning up against a wall, you know, kind of with his foot, you know, crossed and just kind of leaning. 
one day waiting for something at home, and he looked down, and his four-year-old, five-year-old son was looking at dad trying to cross his arms and lean against the wall just like his dad. Regardless of what he said, the children was looking at what dad did, what mom did. So you make sure that you are leading your child and you're leading them the correct way. You're making sure because they're going to imitate you. Parents, what you do, your children will do in excess, okay? They will. What's the proof of that? The proof of that is this. Everything that irritates me about my kids, I see are direct reflections of my personality. (laughs) The things that irritate me the most about my kids, guess where they learn them from? From their mother. (laughs) Just irritates me to death. No, when they act like dad, yeah, but that's true, that's true, and you know that's true in your life too. But the character and integrity comprise the most significant inheritance parents can give your children because your integrity lives on long after they've gone, long after they've moved out. Uh, Give them the gift of integrity that they can see. Parents, don't don't be a complainer. Don't be a whiner. Listen, Listen, if you walk out of church on Sundays and you complain and you whine about your local church, okay, that's not the gift of integrity you're teaching them to be complainers and whiners. When they grow up, they will be just like you. You will come to me then when they're 18 and say, I don't know what happened. My kids stopped going to church. They hate church. They never want to darken the door of church again. Why do they hate church? And I'm going to sit there in my, in my office and I'm going to go, ah, ah. Well, I'll tell you exactly why. Because the last 18 years, all you did every time you walked out the door is you had roast pastor for lunch. You know, don't do that. Or just everything's not perfect. Don't be like that, okay? Have a good spirit. You know, I wish my kid would just turn out to be nice and quiet and respectful. Well, you be nice and quiet and respectful. Let them learn that from you. Let them see that from you. Uh, and and, and they, will, they will imitate that. Number four, last one. Uh, let's move quickly. This is, a, this is a hard one. This is a strong one. I'll tell you right now, this is so countercultural. It's just, it's, it's totally different from what the world says. But it's in the Bible. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 24. He that spares his rod hates his son. I didn't write that. The Bible said that. But he that loves him chases him uh, B times or many times. Parents, you need to have responsible discipline for your children. Now, that book that I gave to the parents that are up here, we have them at the resource table. You can buy them. There's a chapter in there on what is discipline, what does discipline look like. Ultimately, really, what, what does the Bible say? What does the Bible say? Not this church, not me. What does the Bible say about corporal punishment? Okay, there's a very narrow area of corporal punishment as far as what's allowable. Anything outside of that is child abuse, okay? It's used at certain times, certain ways for, for just very particular. Very, the Bible is very particular about it. You have to fit within those parameters and do it correctly. There's all different kinds of discipline that can take place, but parents, the bottom line is it's your job to discipline your children. Uh, can I say this too? Don't, don't ground your children from church. Don't ever do that. Well, you were bad that he didn't get your homework. That's it. You're not going to youth group. What? Yeah, you're not going to church tomorrow because you didn't get your homework. I tell you, whatever, you know, whatever junior high kid's going. I, <laughs> I'm not doing my homework every Saturday. Don't ground them from church or church activities. You need to be pushing them in here more. Every time the doors are open, parents, you need to get your kids here. But, but discipline and reasonable uh, uh, punishment is not abuse. 
Uh, corporal punishment can only be administered when the parent is emotionally in control. Carelessness and neglect are not love. Overlooking behavior that should be punished is not love. Leniency is not love. Leniency, did you hear that? Is not love. Leniency is what's destroying our society. You do whatever you want, you act however you want, you say whatever you want, you know, who am I to say it's wrong? That's what is absolutely ruining our nation. I'm just going to let my kids express themselves. <laughs> that is not going to work. Children must, learn that their conse- uh, children must learn that there are consequences for their actions, okay? I do a lot of counseling, and I've done a lot of counseling for a lot of years. Most of the problems that people bring to me, most of the problems that people tell me about are problems that they brought upon themselves. Why? Listen. Because of undisciplined living in their own lives. They brought problems in their own lives. They sit in my office on the counseling chair. Why am I here? The answer is because you lived an undisciplined life. You are bringing these problems upon you. Parents, 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 do not let your children run wild. Take control. Put up some boundaries. Don't let them be undisciplined. It's important. Children left to rear themselves end up as shameful failures. Don't, don't be tempted to just go easy on your children, but have a consistent view of sin, a consistent view of punishment, a consistent view of justice. That prepares their heart for receiving the gospel of Jesus Christ. Okay, parents, be the parent. Don't, don't be their buddy, okay? Can I tell you a little pet peeve I have? And if you do this, I still love you. It's fine. It's not in the Bible. It's just my pet peeve, okay? I'm a human being. I cringe. I cringe when I hear daddies say, come on, little buddy, and if you do it, that's fine, but I'm just saying for me, all right? You are not my buddy. You are my daughter. You are my son. I'm the parent, okay? It, for me, I, I, just, I, I just, I refrained from saying that because I, I just didn't want it to become my buddy. I, I didn't want it to be complacency in my mind. And again, if you say it, I'm not judging you, okay? Don't, don't, don't look into that, Okay? But the mindset, you are not my buddy. Now, when your children get a little bit older, so I have a 20-year-old, he's a junior in Bible college, he's, he's uh, uh, studying to take world missions. I don't know what God has for him. I don't know where he's going to go. Um, I'm kind of hoping it's far away, actually. Uh, but, <laughs> no, <laughs> don't tell me. Um, he's at the age, though, now, where as he gets a little bit older, you know, maybe someday he gets married, you know, gets kids, something like that, then maybe he'll be my fishing buddy, okay? But, but right now, we're still kind of at that coaching slash mentoring stage. He's still, he's always going to be my son, but he's not my buddy, okay? So, so they're definitely not your buddy, all right? Now, the pastor may be your child's buddy, but you are the parent, okay? So just think about that. Be very cautious about that. And let's close up with this last verse, Exodus chapter 18, verse 20. Such a great verse. Parents, and thou shalt teach them ordinances and laws, so rules and laws, and shall show them the, church say this word out loud, you shall show them the way wherein they must walk and the what? That they must do. Parents, someone has to show them how to walk and the work that they're supposed to be doing. It's our job. It's our responsibility. If you don't do this, someone will. The gangs will. Her boyfriend will. The government ultimately will. 
Someone's going to raise our kids for us. Disney will. <laughs> Disney, yeah, don't get me started. Don't get me started. The best you could hope for if Disney raises your kids is Miley Cyrus. That's, that's the best you would ever hope for, okay? Do you really want that? No, you don't. Just No. Their favorite rock group, their favorite Instagram account, their favorite Facebook person, they'll raise your child. No. Your responsibility is to train them, to teach them, to discipline them, okay? To, 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 to mold them the way that God wants them to be. And ultimately, parents, it's your responsibility, ultimately, to give them the gospel of Jesus Christ. Those little babies we saw up here, they can't understand what heaven and hell is, but as they start to get a little older, sure, they'll start to get it. And parents... Don't ever be shy to introduce your kids to the fact that God loves them so much that Jesus Christ died on the cross and paid their sin debt. Give them that opportunity. Put it in front of them so they understand that, that they're sinners and they're in need of a Savior. And, and they, they at their own time, they can trust in the fact that Christ died on the cross and paid their sin debt. Okay? So, so, so important. Maybe some of you here today, I don't know everybody here today. I'm glad you're here. Um, but I don't know. Maybe some of you, I don't know. Are some, of you, are some of you holding to the fact that you got baptized as a baby to go to heaven? Are some of you holding to the fact that you joined a church and that'll get you to heaven? Or you took Holy Communion? Or, or you're just a stinking good person? I, God's going to weigh you out. Yeah, I'm going to let me into heaven. The Bible says that it's not a work. Take a look at this verse, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9. Such a cool set of verses here. It says, for by grace are you saved. You're saved from hell. How? Through your faith. And it's not of yourselves, it's a gift of God. Look at this next one. It's the next verse. These next three words changed my life. Not of works. It's not a work that you do to get you to heaven. You're not working for it. It's accepting the fact that, God, I'm a sinner, I can't pay for it, but I believe your son paid my sins. I'm believing that. I trust in that. Yeah, I can't pay it. I can't go to church. I can't give money. It's not a work, but I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross Buried three days later, rose again. He paid the debt. I don't have to. He, he died in my place. I get it. I'm trusting in what he did, and God says you're forever part of my family. Becoming a Christian is by faith, is by believing, not by you changing your behavior, not by you starting something or stopping something, but by faith. It, it's who you believe in. Jesus Christ, the fact that he died on the cross and paid your sin debt, you can know for certain you have eternal life, okay? That's the most important news that you could ever share with your kids or anybody else for that matter. All right, uh, we're done today with our talk. We're out of time. Let's have a word of prayer and let's be done, okay? All right, let's pray. Father uh, in heaven, thank you for our study today. Boy, whew, you said a lot of principles in the Bible about how to raise kids. May today be a challenge to all of us parents. Lord, I pray that if there's someone here today that never has trusted you as Savior, that today they get it, that today they understand that Jesus Christ died on the cross to pay their sin debt. That's why he died on the cross, to pay their debt. All they can do is accept that, fully accept that, to understand it, to trust in that, not trusting in Jesus plus their church or Jesus plus their sprinkling or Jesus plus their baptism. No, none of that helps us to get to heaven. Only believing that Jesus Christ was my payment for sin, and I accept that payment. That's what I'm trusting in, that Jesus Christ is my Savior. That alone, Lord, maybe someone's done that today or someone's trusting you right now. I pray for a special blessing in their life. Would you just give them a special blessing, and they'd remember that today was the day that they trusted in you. For all these things in your name we ask. Amen. We are very interested in you and your spiritual growth. 
If you want to contact Dayspring for prayer or more information, you can reach us at 262-404-5092 or on the web at dayspringbaptist.com. Thanks for listening.